0: This podcast is brought to you by SellingProfile.com. Today's guest is Andrew Smart, CEO of Virtual Sales Team. Welcome Andrew, thank you for your time today. Please can you tell us a bit more about your company, Virtual Sales Team?
1: Firstly, thanks for the invite to the show. Yeah. We've been in business since February 2007. I started it with an idea that I had as a business development professional in the outsource contact center industry. I work for some of the uh, globe's largest call centres, contact centres, and I identified that there was a very high turnover of staff with a very young demographic of staff that moved on quite quickly. I was selling last contracts to high street banks, for example. I'd bring them to my site, do the tour, and then the client would come back. Six weeks later, after I've won the business, and many of the team will have changed, moved on. So the industry um, retention rate was about 18 months which was quite quite difficult really for continuity so i i kind of had a look around the business and i identified um a more mature type of caller that always seemed to be there but they weren't full-time and they turned out turned out to be the back-to-work mums and the semi-retired professionals, self-employed people and i thought that's that's an interesting um, um, model and that these guys were all there for a work-life balance so i Requested a few of these people work start working on my campaigns Suddenly the retention rate was was really solid um, But actually the continuity helped the conversion rates. So, you know the sales went went through the roof and when the clients came back Three six nine months later the same people were still working on their accounts And were are on the, adding a lot more value back to their account and their program as much as um, having you know stable workforce So yeah that, that was the idea. I, I then thought, I wonder if you can actually staff a whole call center or contact center or sales team with with a similar kind of model. And um, I thought, I wanted to give it a go. So um, fast forward two or three years from then to 2007, that, that's what I did. And we started a virtual sales team as a business-to-business lead generation and appointment setting agency, which was just outbound on specifically that model, sort of working mums, semi-retired, self-employed people who are looking for a work-life balance. And uh, so we're, I'd like to think we're one of the in- in- innovators of a work, working-life balance, work-life balance. And we still operate that model now, albeit we've you know, got sort of different sort of groups of people that are involved too, but uh, yeah, still very much that, that sort of model and um, yeah, going strong.
0: Something that jumped out at me from your introduction, Andrew, is that you saw a flaw within your own industry, which was staff retention amongst virtual salespeople, and you found a way to fix it by hiring more mature people looking for a better work-life balance. Would that be correct?
1: Yeah, you know, with any sales team, it can be quite straightforward to get the team up to speed and to do the job and to work how you want them to but one thing you can't train is experience so you know the longer somebody works within your group within your team the more experience that they can um, soak up and the different ways of handling situations are in the bank if you like so um you know, ultimately, the longer someone works on your account, the more continuity you get, the more value you can add, A, to the customer or the prospect that you're speaking to, but also back, back to the client with experience um, that you're picking up, which might help develop or shape, shape the campaign going forward.
0: That's interesting. So the experience that you are referencing is, in fact, more of a life experience, a maturity within a person rather than a specific industry experience.
1: Yeah, and of course, you know, an understanding of an industry or experience can often be helpful, but quite often it can be a disadvantage too, really, because you've got preconceptions of how things were always done, or this is how we used to do it at my old firm, or this is what I believe works. Well, you know, in in many instances, you know, industry's moved on, decision makers have moved on, the ways of doing things have become more contemporary, more digital, more personal, less face to face sometimes, more webex, etc. so you know, the way we work is changing so quickly that you need to adapt and develop your styles and your your methods as well as having an understanding uh, and experience of an industry. So I think being a very adaptable type of person is more likely to benefit you as a salesperson um, in the future going forward.
0: In addition to differentiating yourself by having more mature, experienced, long-term staff within your organization, what other value does VST bring to its customers?
1: Our strap line, I think, probably sums it up in one sentence. is We hire more salespeople, so you can hire less. So we've identified the problem of hiring salespeople is a quite risky and expensive business. You'd probably get it wrong 50% of the time because, you know, salespeople will sell themselves in interviews. But until they're actually doing the job, nobody really knows how well they're going to get on. And and of course, you've got to give people enough time to settle in and to get their head around products, services, etc. But you just don't really know how they're going to perform until they're doing the job. So I think there's probably for an internal salesperson or a, a sales rep on the road a BDM, you probably, you probably give them 18 months before you finally decide, actually, this, is, this isn't working. You know? But that's an, expensive, that's an expensive hobby to have. And um, I think what we're saying is, look, you know, we're not trying to replace all of your salespeople, but you might be able to reduce the number that you hire by letting us help you do the hard bit, which is identifying new prospects, do that kind of groundwork, that research, that that really difficult bit, which normal salespeople actually find quite difficult to do, or difficult to find the time to do that. So that you know the cold calling, the research, etc. So we will take that large chunk, but the most probably the most important part of the, of the job actually, or a, a very important part of the job, um, which qualifies and identifies new 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 business prospects. So what people often forget that cold calling piece is is a very has to be very disciplined so if you give us so many hours a week or so many days a week you know that that job is going to be done with bells on but if you give it to someone internally the likelihood is they'll probably want to find something they feel more comfortable to do first before they get round to cold calling oh actually i've set myself a target of speaking to 100 new prospects this week it gets to Wednesday afternoon and they still haven't done it. And then, of course, it's a mad rush on the Friday and it, and it doesn't get done. And that, that repeats itself every week. So, so you know, we're hiring the salespeople um, so our, our customers can hire less, really. I think that probably sums up what we do in a nutshell. That's certainly what we started as, but as the business has developed over the last 12 years, we're doing, you know, far more services to be included in under the sales umbrella, such as exhibition support, telephone account management, you know, data cleansing, building, you know, retention sort of calling. So it's, it's not all about getting them in the top of the pipe, it's, it's also keeping them in within the business, you know. So we're, we're really concentrating the last two or three years on, on retention actually and helping customers maybe look after some of their smaller accounts that are too small to be visited by sales reps, are an annual orderer, are a dormant account Etc. where they kinda of fall off the radar a little bit. So what we're saying to customers, look, that, that bottom twenty percent, give give them to us. And we will make a regular call to them every eight weeks, twelve weeks and just, you know, find out what's going on in the business. Find out if they need someone to see someone. Find out what's going on. Are they are they happy with your service? Are they understanding understanding the billing, you know? Whatever that may be. But it's about maintaining that relationship and nurturing that client so there's always lots of talk about nurturing prospects. Well, clients need to be nurtured and looked after. You know, especially if it's a one off sale, you know, but there might be a, a contract to renew in a few years' time. You can't just expect to call them back in two and a half years time and expect them to renew when you've not made any contact in in the meantime. You need to maintain that contact, nurture that and, and you know, um treat that client as a as a precious metal to be quite frank, because there's you know We've got, if you want to grow your business, you've got to retain your clients, it's as simple as that.
0: That retention and growth piece that you talk about is very important for companies. I remember working with an organization that had around 17,000 accounts that they deemed small or dormant. Um, And these accounts they found were spending roughly 50 pounds or less per month with them. Whereas within their industry, tradesmen that bought from them typically would need to be spending about 10,000 pounds a month just for their business to be viable. So therefore they were losing a massive chunk of wallet share to their competitors. And when we looked at it, what we discovered was that salespeople really weren't interested in working with the smaller accounts and that if we fix this and started calling on those 17,000 accounts and uh, looked at reviving them and finding a way to get them to come back maybe say offering a discount So if you spend a thousand pounds with us this month we'll give you 20 percent off, something like that to sort of drive them across the threshold we worked out that if they just spent an extra fifty pounds a month each, the company would be turning over an additional eight hundred and fifty thousand pounds a month, and this was a company that was working really hard to try and arrest the slide um, within their turnover figures. So these seventeen thousand accounts became really important, and the focus had to move from neglect to engagement.
1: Well, well, my my theory at the moment is we we've, we've never had a better opportunity. To call these customers on the back of the new GDPR regulations that have come in, so you, you can actually turn a compliance call into a sales opportunity, and this is, this is the kind of service that that we are trying to educate people or, or you know promoting. Um, and there's not enough people that are doing it at the moment, and, it, and it's something quite simply. I'm calling you to say, you know, hi, Mr. Customer. I'm calling from the marketing department. I'm calling from the sales department. Wh- whatever you decide that you want to be um, positioned as. I'm really sorry that we haven't been in touch for, for a while. We've had a kick at the backside from GDPR. And firstly, I'm just calling to apologize that we haven't been in touch. I'd like to know what your communication preferences are in the future because we want to get this right and you know, we want to build this relationship with you. And suddenly, you've got tick, tick. It, on your GDPR preferences, but now you've been invited into that to that company to call them every 12 weeks, 8 weeks, to find out what's going on, to make them feel valued. Now that's the bit that you know people underappreciate the value of a smaller customer or, or a lower spending customer, and that is your opportunity to cement that relationship and then cross sell other services and and upsell and cross sell other services that, that you might be able to offer them or actually just cement it and try and, you know, and try and get referrals. Who else might use this? There's so many opportunities that one can have just by making regular contact.
0: I agree, it's very important to keep in touch with all your accounts, no matter how big or small they may be because that small one may well turn into a big account if it's cared for properly. Andrew, another question I'd like to ask you is, what would you expect as a CEO of an organization from a salesperson that calls on you?
1: Hmm, that's an interesting question because, you know, as you say, it's, a, it's, it's the kind of business we're in, so I'll have a more critical ear than most. But I'm also, and I say critical, but I'm also, I'll, I'll give them time if they manage to get through my gatekeeper, you know, our receptionist, because that's a skill in it, in itself, isn't it? But. If they do get through, I will give them the time because I want to learn as well. If if am I, are we missing something that they're doing? If someone rings me up and they they tell fibs, oh I'm you know I'm, I'm ringing you back again, or, or my or my receptionist puts me through. I've got John such and such. He, he he spoke to you last week. I can't stand it when people, you know, tell lies to get to get through to me. But, you know I will probably shame them immediately on the telephone and and just send them packing. I don't like it when they ask me how I am, if I've never spoken to them before. I just think it's weird, and it's rude, and it's, it's the worst opening of a call that you can possibly have, so I certainly don't let any of my guys do that. What I am looking for is somebody that offers me empathy, that they've done their homework, and they've done the research on me or my, or my business, and actually the, the call that they're putting through to me is relevant. Relevancy is absolutely key in, in, in sales. Don't waste your time or your energy or your, or your prospects if what you're selling is totally appropriate for, for that particular organization immediately. But if somebody's got through to me, they've done their homework on the business, they, they've asked me in whichever way appropriate to them whether I can take the call. I've got a couple of minutes to speak. That's how I'd like a call to be, to be started. Um, do they know about the company? Do they know what we do? Do they know the problems that we are trying to solve for our customers? Do they know who our, our competitors are, for example? So all that kind of homework is entirely essential if, 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 if I'm going to give them a bit of a time of day, if I'm honest. But actually, very, I, mean, I don't want someone to almost demonstrate their, their knowledge. I just want them to know it. Um, if I ask them but actually what I want to know very quickly is why they're calling and how they think they can help me and if they ask me the right questions they will get me talking like a good interviewer on a chat show like you know we're doing today if if you ask somebody the right questions and you can get them talking that's all they actually need to do but actually also ask me what my challenges are don't just assume I've got problems or that you can help me or you can save me money or you can create efficiency. Ask me what my current challenges are. What's on my radar? What compelling events have I got going on in the business in the next 6 to 18 months? Because you might just get the clue that you need to then start promoting your product and service. They need to be professional. They need to do what they say they're going to do. So if you're going to call me back then, call me back then. If you're going to send me an email, do it then. You know, it's just common sense, a lot of it, isn't it, Derek? It's just... But a lot of people, they get through, they just talk at you. That's the quickest way to turn somebody off. They get excited because they've got through to a decision maker, and they just start barking down the phone, which is totally irrelevant to you and and it turns you off straight away you know or they come out with some some cheesy comment like how are you today you know when, when they've not met me so yeah homework professional empathy questions and you know ask me what my challenges are but then tell me how you think you can solve them and then ask me how we're going to get how we're going to move this conversation off.
0: The point you raise regarding having a salesperson speak about your business, understanding your business, asking you questions about your issues rather than focusing on their products or services is very important. I found in the past where I've coached people who are new to sales, for example, that they get bombarded by their company with product information and product training, product knowledge, etc. And then when they find themselves in a sales situation and they get a bit nervous or tense because they haven't been asking questions and they don't know enough to get to the close they fall back onto their product knowledge and then start bombarding the customer with product information features and benefits etc history of the company and uh, nothing happens and they come out of their sale feeling gosh i don't know what happened there this customer was very interested in working with our company and uh, in turn, the prospect themselves feel a bit let down because they're going, gosh, what was that all about? You know, that was a real waste of an hour or whatever um, because that person didn't understand my needs, didn't understand my business issues, and in fact, understood nothing about our company or our industry. And, you know, if I want the product information, I can just go on the website and find it anyway.
1: That's the point. It, a conversation is a, two, is a two-way exchange of questions and opinions and views. You know, um, somebody pitching to you when they get through to you, you know, 100 miles an hour is just, is, is a complete and utter turn off. If they've got the skill and the professionalism to A, get through to my, through my receptionist or, 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 or the PA, you yeah, know, at least, you know, have the, the sense to take your time, relax, demonstrate that you understand the business, but actually ask me the questions ask me what you want to know or ask me what my challenges are at the moment because that's where the gold is, you know, and, and as soon as that's been identified, you can then start matching your product and service and, and start demonstrating how you've worked with similar companies that I may know of or competitors that have had the same kind of challenge and that's how, you've, how you overcame them and would you like to know more about that at a later stage, et cetera, you know. I, I always think a good salespeople will, will tease you a little bit, will um, you know, keep something up their sleeve. They'll give you a good idea that they can solve your problem. But they're not, I don't want to give it to you all today because you're probably not in this right frame of mind. I want you to have a meeting with me or I want to arrange a telephone conference or a WebEx where you are prepared and thinking about the conversation we're going to have. Because actually, when I phoned you today, you've probably got your head in the spreadsheet. You're worrying about your year end. You're getting your numbers in, or, or whatever that may be. You're not thinking about the efficiency of a of a phone system, or or you know a time management system, except or whatever you might be selling. You know, so t- timing is absolutely crucial. I think you know that that's something that I probably didn't mention. Timing is it the right? Not only is it the right time to talk. Is it the right time to have this conversation about these, this bigger issue?
0: Why do you think it is that most salespeople don't have the business conversation but rather focus on their products, features, benefits, etc.? They
1: But they haven't done the homework, is what we were talking about before. They're, they're not prepared or they don't have an objective of what they want to get out of this particular first call, this particular first meeting. You know, you've got to have a process, haven't you, in sales? There's got to be some discipline. You can't just blurt out everything that you've learned in training about the business. You're going to bore people to death. I agree
0: with you on that. So just to summarize then what you expect from a salesperson calling on you is that you'd like them to understand your business, try and understand your specific business issues, and then help you to solve them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's understanding, isn't it? It's empathy. It's professionalism. Do do what you say you're going to do as well. You know that, that that's really important. I think you know.
0: Understood. And Andrew, please tell me what would you look for within your own salespeople, within people you would be looking to hire to come and work within your sales team.
1: Mm. Being human and having some personality, I would say. Is absolutely key in sales, you know, where you're prepared to laugh at yourself um, because it, it makes you human and it brings you to life, gives you a personality. I think that's really important. I think discipline in sales as well is, is, is an undervalued and under, underused, you know, word or action. Because you've got to be organized and you've got to stick to your plan. You know, if, it, if your plan doesn't work immediately, just sometimes they just need time. You know, and, and, a, and a classic example really from my industry is, is when people are building pipelines up for generating appointments and meetings, that they will just, some people will just go straight for the, for the callbacks and the low-hanging fruit and to book appointments because they are driven, hungry salespeople. But they're not thinking about what's going to, what they're going to be calling the following week or the week after so we have some methodology here that we say right if you're doing a four hour calling shift break that four hours into bite-sized chunks of different tasks for example the first hour do your callbacks try and get that win on the board try and get that first appointment because that's going to set you up nicely and probably your colleagues around you by the way because success breeds success and Suddenly, the, the floor starts to both, and, uh, and away it goes. But actually, then the second hour, go on to some cold data, because you're in, the, you're in a really good frame of mind, and actually, you need to start building some pipeline for a, for a few weeks down the line. Then go for some of your low-hanging fruit for some of those, um, some more callbacks, for example, and then do some research. But what you're actually always doing is you're working on today, you're working on next week, you're working on, you know, a few months down the line. So you're never going to run out of callbacks. You're never going to run out of some low-hanging fruit because it's something you've, you've created yourself. And, and I think that, that sort of discipline and organization is really, really, really key for um, salespeople. Ask the question, sit back and listen, as, as we talked about before. I think be humble. I don't think many people mention that. People think of salespeople as these super confident, gregarious people, you know, that are are, going to light up a room. Well, again, that's kind of a bit of a tired stereotype. Yes, there are people like that, and and, um, you do have to be confident in sales. But you've also got to be a great listener, show a lot of empathy, and also be very humble as well. You know, being humble will make you a lot of friends, actually, because nobody likes arrogant people. Nobody likes, you know, nobody likes someone to, to show off, you know, for, for want of a better word. And, um, and, you know, when you're humble as well, you will also become a really good team player as well. So we're, we're really big on culture here at the moment that our values describe, you know, one team. It's all about teamwork here. And, um, you know, the more you can work as a team, and share ideas as well, by the way, uh, the, the better environment you're going to have. and so a better salesperson, you'll actually be. So, you know, those kind of traits, are, I would say, are really important. They are for us, I believe, and that's what we're, we're sort of looking, looking for.
0: The importance of humility and respect can't be emphasised enough, and that in turn, I believe, will lead to having more empathy and therefore listening more and speaking less.
1: Yeah, the bit I I didn't mention I failed to mention there is the right attitude, to be honest. But the bit that you can really begin to measure, even from interview stage, is what their attitude is like. If the attitude isn't there, they think they know it all, or they're or they're they're too nervous to try new things, or or step outside their comfort zone, or take um, advice from someone that's you know from a different industry or, or whatever. They, they won't work. But if someone's attitude is open to try new things and to be, be hungry, be self-motivated, you know, show humility, you, that, that they, they will probably fit into most organizations. And you can actually mold them a little bit because sales is a culture, isn't it? You know, and, and, and people don't probably appreciate that either.
0: Another good point you make there, Andrew. And then finally, what do you believe is the importance of a sales team within an organization
1: it's hugely important it's a key element of any business isn't it i mean sales isn't all about attracting customers it's how you process them how easy you can onboard them how how you look after them how you account manage them how you receive intelligence from them, how they help shape your business going forward from the um, intelligence that they're feeding you, how, how they represent your business. They are the face of your business. You know, how, how your business is perceived by your competitors, by your customers, by your local community. You know, you know we, we are the, the, the front face of, of your business, your brand.
0: Excellent. Andrew, thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. And it'd be great to have you on again in the future where maybe we can drill down further into a specific sales topic. Thank you once again for your time.
1: Well, thank you very much for the invite in. I've really enjoyed the conversation. As you say, there's, there's a lot to talk about, you know, in sales and, and marketing and marketing. Um, we just probably scratched the surface a little bit today. So, um, yes, I'd be uh, delighted. It'd be my pleasure to come back and, and, and dig down a little bit more. So, yes, thank you for the invite, Derek.
0: To find out more about today's guest, Andrew Smart, and his company, please visit virtualsalesteam.co.uk. Thank you so much for your time today. It's greatly appreciated.